Welcome back, listeners, to a new episode of The New Standard. Yes, it's about that time. I'm going to hit you with back-to-back shows this week due to the fact that Steelers are playing tomorrow evening against the Tennessee Titans slash uh, the Houston, Houston Oilers. Houston Oilers, number one. Da, 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 da. And I have my partner in crime to my left. The one, the only, India Bison's finest, Neil Kulong. What's up, Big Neil? You realize it's snowing in my state, Lance? We have roughly an inch of snow on the ground. It is below freezing, and it was for Halloween journeys last night. Um, I am recovering from that. Still kind of frozen, but... We have no time. You want to know why, Lance? Because this is a fast turnaround week. It's the Steelers' turn to be on Thursday Night Football. They've got the Tennessee slash Houston Titan Oilers in a former rivalry game, but pangs of that still exist. A weird history between these teams since they went to Tennessee. Uh, Tennessee, the Titans, largely the bullies in their own minds, have not had a great amount of success beating Pittsburgh consistently. Pittsburgh tends to beat this team uh, regardless of how good either side or both or neither is, but the games are always weird and competitive. Um, giving this, considering it's a primetime game tomorrow night, uh, this is a weird one. There's a lot of stuff going on and um, not a whole lot of time to break all of it down. And I, I, I'm excited in that sense. This is one where you don't feel like you can talk. It, it, you can't talk through it all the way. So you can't overdo it. There's not too much analysis going on. Uh, just simply not enough time until kickoff. And I'm kind of uh, getting hyped up for that. It's going to be uh, it's going to be a good time. I don't care records or anything like that. Come a half an hour before kickoff in a primetime game. I'm excited. I'm ready to go. You know, it's uh, as I was listening to you, it might be a good thing that there's not a lot of time to prepare to get it wrong but anyway let's do I, this i don't i don't even need too much time to get it wrong that's yes. this one's going to be weird like that yes yes but with that as always if you want to participate in the show uh you can check us out live at 7 a.m on wednesdays and tomorrow we will be doing the post game and you can check us out on youtube do a search for the new standard and lance williams and or Neil Kulong, make sure you subscribe, like the program, hit the notification bell, do all those things so you can get the program. If you listen to us on pod and you can't catch us live, uh, you know, make sure you hit us on however you find your podcast. Do the same. Do a search for the new standard and Lance Williams, Steelers and Neil Kulong, Lance Williams, the new standard, any combination of that. And it seems like in the chat, Big up the West, Rob, Chris, Big Mel, Mark, Ali, Howard. Um, that the weather sucks pretty much all over the country. But with that, and talking about sucking, pause. Uh, let's jump into the mash unit. What's the update on uh, Kenny Pickett? Here's what we have so far, and we are recording this Wednesday morning. Um, Injury report more or less is final. Every sign that we have to this point is that Kenny Pickett is going to play. Whether he will finish, I think, is a different story. Uh, anybody who has had anything of a rib injury before throwing a football is not exactly a pleasant experience. 
uh, one might say, well, that means then they're just going to hand the ball off all game. They want to do that anyway. It's just when you're third and 11 all the time, you have to throw at some point. You want to think that uh, what that would indicate is that he's ready to go. But at the same time, maybe the, maybe the Steelers are just playing possum with all of this. And the plan is to start Mitch Trubisky. I really don't know. But from the sound of it, Pickett seems to, to indicate he's ready to play. He wants to play. I don't blame him for either of those things. It's not necessarily his decision. So wait and see on that. What we do know, though, is Minka Fitzpatrick will be out this week. Uh, it would not surprise me, uh, based on the results of the MRI that he has had, it would not surprise me at the end of the week uh, if he is placed on injured reserve. Um, I have heard, though, that it's not as significant as the hamstring injuries suffered earlier this season by Deontay Johnson and Pat Frymuth. However, hamstring for a skill position player, especially when the weather gets cold, is not usually something you mess around with a whole lot. Um, it, it, wait and see on that. Uh, outside of that, just as Mike Tomlin would say, the bumps and bruises associated with life in the National Football League, not entirely sure that it's going to be much of an issue. I would say, though, the bigger news would probably be what seems like a, a likely return for veteran stalwart defensive lineman Cam Hayward. Uh, I would expect him to play. Uh, he was brought back to practice last week, um, not able to play. He wasn't expected to play in last week's game. I would think just me not reporting anything i would think it's because they would have a short week game uh quickly following that they don't want to push it too much so miss last week's game have them come back for the thursday night game then they get nine days off um leading into their week 10 game so it'll be big uh either way i think you're gonna have some key guys out you're gonna have some key guys coming back this is kind of the way things go in the second half of the season and that's what the steelers are kicking off to Mike Tomlin's point in the quote, he always says, uh, you know, it's a fast moving train. And so with that being said, uh, it keeps on moving, whether you're prepared or not. And, and one thing I want to say about uh, and pick up the Chris Osu, Chris Osu wrote uh, and I had the comment up there. Let me let me throw it back. Um, Kenny needs to sit down until healthy. Um, here's my thought on that is that. Playing when you're physically compromised and he knows it better than I know it, obviously um, is, is part of what you have to do to be one of those guys. And one of those put, put them up to, to play in the NFL, you have to play compromised and physically compromised. And as a quarterback, if you want to be one of those dudes, you absolutely have to play physically compromised and, Figuring out how to play while physically compromised is part of the job duty. It's part of what you have to do as a professional quarterback in the National Football League. So for me, as a fan of the team, I, I'm appreciative of uh, Kenny Pickett coming out um, and so forcefully uh, saying that he's going to play. I think he gets it. He recognizes that they're still in a very good position this year. You win this game, you go to five and three, you get a mini buy. Um, you play a couple of teams that you think you might be able to beat afterwards in the Packers. And who do they play before the Packers? Who's the game before the Packers? I'm trying the to Titans. think. Uh, aren't, aren't the Packers after the Titans? I, well, yeah, you're right. I think the, so. You got two games in a row with the Titans and the Packers, and then um, you get into a stretch of tougher games. So, he recognizes the importance of it. And I want to just um, 
show my appreciation to him, but definitely playing in a compromised state is a is a part of the league. It, it, it is something that you have to do, you have to learn, and it is a part of being successful. I mean, he, he's going to have to learn how to do it. And this is great. Short week, physically compromised. This is professional quarterbacking in the National Football League. And so it, this is a great game. And I want to see how Kenny looks and how he bounces back and what it looks like. But before we jump into a breakdown of the game, I wanted to jump into it. Before I do that, Neil, is there anything you want to, uh, anything that we left out or you left out possibly when you were thinking about uh, Sunday's game that you wanted to touch on uh, that you didn't uh, on the post game? Uh, I moved on to Tennessee pretty quickly following that. They, it, <laughs> watching it, watching it back again, it, it was a miserable performance. Um, they they really did not play well. We have been fairly and reasonably um, complaining about the direction and the coordination of their offense. Their players absolutely did not execute anything in that game. They deserved to lose. They were the lesser of the two teams. Um, nothing worked the way that it was drawn up to work, and frankly, it, it should have. So. Uh, a, a very frustrating game um, and a good one, though, to in, in one way anyway, uh, to, to have in the rearview mirror quickly because you've got a game coming up and and a equally important game. They're not going to be able uh, to, to coast through anybody. They've got what we think are some cupcakes on the schedule, some probably not very good teams. I don't think Pittsburgh right now is a very good team either. So if, if they want to go anywhere, if they want to do anything, uh, this is a game they absolutely have to win. And to do that, they're going to need to get over the the, the S-bomb they dropped at Akrahine Stadium uh, against Jacksonville very, very quickly. And big up to Jennifer O'Jenny chiming in from Wisconsin. And uh, you have to go to the game, Jenny, to, uh, to root the Steelers on um, so they can beat uh, the dreaded cheeseheads and big up to the cheeseheads going through their uh, their lumps as well with a young signal caller. I wanted to jump into a, a couple of numbers, Neil, what, that, that pop out to me. And there's a bunch of numbers that kind of pop out when you look at where this team is. And, and, and I want to get your thoughts on those. Of course, the big number is points per game. The Steelers right now are averaging 16 a game. Uh, giving up 21 a game with a difference of five points, almost a touchdown. Here's another one that jumps out to me, and we talk about the weighty downs, the badonka donk downs, the fat ass downs. Third down, Steelers' offense 35 percent. That's you know that's maybe the lowest in football. Um, right really? there with 35 uh, down there with Carolina and. Uh, the Raiders is pretty low. Ooh, Opposition that's bad. is averaging on the weighty downs 42%, a difference of 7.2%. Um, here's another one that I thought was just was like startling to me when I looked at it. In terms of total yards on offense, the Steelers have gotten 2,044, which is not a lot. <laughs> anyway, it's not a lot. That number in and of itself is surprising. But the opposition has gained 2,810 yards. That's a difference of 766 yards. 
That's that's over a hundred a game. <laughs> that, 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 that's over a hundred a game. Like that is absolutely incredible. It's like another, getting, uh, you know, two extra entire possessions of offense over the Steelers every week. Yes. Yes. Not sustainable. Not sustainable whatsoever. Here's another one that, that jumps out to me. Yards per carry. The Steelers are averaging 3.8. The opposition is averaging 4.4. And that translates to rushing yards. The Steelers have 558 yards rushing this year. And the opposition has 960. A difference of 402 yards. Those are some really interesting numbers. I mean, when you hear those numbers, Neil, you hear me rattle those off. What comes to your mind? Honestly, same old SOS. Yeah. It, it's you may as well. If, if we were watching this in a vacuum, except for the fact that I got this sweatshirt last year, you could have said <laughs> in in week nine of any of the last four seasons, those numbers, and it'd probably be roughly accurate. Um, we're, we're stuck in a loop here. The, the same things are happening, the same frustrations, the same challenges. Um, and we, we've talked higher level as far as, you know, and, and Chris just absolutely seems totally pissed off today. We've seen this time and time again. Um, I don't know if it's going to change. I don't know what's going to happen. In the past, we've seen them show some flashes of mediocrity on offense, jump all the way up to like the 27-point range once, and you like to think that maybe that that's a sign of things to come. I'm not convinced anymore, and I don't see, uh, you know, regardless of the health of the quarterback, I, I don't see um, what positive is going to come out of this group uh, offensively anymore. Um, short of they'll have a game where they catch lightning in a bottle and something good will happen. And again, we're talking 27 points, um, able to control the ball, uh, make the, give their defense the ability to just rush and not have to worry about everything else. That'll happen here and there. I think they'll, they'll probably compete for a, a, a nine and eight record. Uh, but you know, we, we've, we've done this. We've talked about this. <laughs> it's, it's been four years now. So a lot has changed, um, except for, for this. And it, that's probably more of a where are we going conversation as opposed to um, what why this matters to the Titans. But I, I will say this. For a Titans team that is going to start a rookie quarterback um, who is now taking over, he wasn't even their first option after Ryan Tannehill immediately, had a big game on some fluky plays. If you go back and watch it, they're not going to get those kinds of coverage breakdowns. Uh, if if the Steelers are moved by Will Levis in this game, and I'm I'm pulling Mad Dog here, I'm not serious, so keep that for your soundbite. I honestly feel like I'll retire if they can't shut this guy down. Like that, that's it. I'm done. Um, certainly for the season with this team. I think this is a, a, a step in the right direction game, a get right game. They they have the ability to do that. Um, I, you know, in a way, I kind of said this last week, but Jacksonville is definitely a much better team than, than Tennessee is. This is more Pittsburgh's speed. It's not a Super Bowl, but it might be Pittsburgh's Super Bowl. 
And that's a great transition, Neil. And we'll just go ahead and transition to the game and talk about the Steelers' defense against the Titans' offense. And I and I think, and I and I've forgotten to do my Nipsey my Nipsey Russell Nipsey slash hustle rhyme um, every particular week uh, when we break down the games. But I think it's pretty obvious in this game is if you don't want to come up empty. You have to stop King Henry. I mean, that was a little bit of a forced rhyme. Not my best. But I think to Neil's point, uh, when you look at this game, you can go back and look at the analytics all you want. Um, I think this is about stopping Derrick Henry. I mean, it just, it, it just in a short week, rookie quarterback, limited amount of time of prep. And, and, and just to break it down, I mean, their game ended Sunday, right? They're in the tub on Monday. Uh, there's no practice on Monday. They might do a light walkthrough Tuesday, Wednesday. They're on a the plane. There's no prep this week. It is super fast. So you couple that. Um, you know, I think you got to put it in Levis's hands. I think it's not uh, much more complicated than that. And, and like you said, you know, I think if they can't, make it hard on a rookie signal caller this, this week one in then, particular like then it, this is really damaging or, or damning i should say and and it just speaks to uh where this team is in terms of stopping king henry what what's your thoughts i mean we're talking about a steeler team that's very inconsistent in terms of stopping the run uh, how, how do you think they fare in this matchup uh, against King Henry? You think we'll see a lot of cover one, cover three um, to try to put a, a robber or somewhere down, somebody near the line of scrimmage to kind of give more numbers to defending the run? How do you think they'll approach it in this one? I think knowing them, they will sell out to stop the run. They're going to expect Tennessee to want to pound uh, Henry consistently. Um, it, it, they've had some success doing that. This isn't a great team. It's not a great running game, uh, but they're effective. There are things that they can do well. Uh, they are able to make big plays down the field. So in a lot of ways, I think they want to run to set up that big play, uh, the, the big passing play. And whether or not Pittsburgh can handle uh, the, the line, control the line of scrimmage, and then try to eliminate the, the big plays, I think is really going to be the difference in this game. Uh, you get Henry going. We saw it the last time these two teams played. Uh, he didn't do much except for a couple big plays in, in, in key moments. Steelers still somehow won that game. And what I think I dubbed after the game is the stupidest win I've ever seen from the Steelers, even though that mark has been challenged probably five or six times since then. It wasn't even that long ago. They are a, a, a reasonably capable team. They're not great. Uh, there are things that they can do. Uh, and Henry is going to be kind of the, the straw that stirs the drink. They're not going to, to have an effective large volume passing game. And if they're not able to run successfully, they're going to be in third and longs. That's not a good place for, for Will Levis to be. If anything, I would, you know, I might even suggest the bet that Levis has more rushing yards than Henry does. Um, this is a big sellout to stop the run type of game. I, I think that's how Pittsburgh will approach it. And I, I, you know, I see value in that. Uh, we'll see if they're able to execute it because, like you pointed out, they've they've gone 
you know, pretty porous against the run a couple times in stretches, not over entire games, but stretches of time in which an offense, you know, had a lot of success running the ball. When they completely fall apart, you see it from the first five carries at most. Um, I think uh, ETN was was a good example last week. Uh, he went off for chunks a couple times. They eventually kind of caught up to him. Uh, were able to stand up to the run. I think Jacksonville schematically is a better running team than Tennessee is. So I, I like to think that maybe um, Pittsburgh will have a little bit more success overall. Uh, but that's going to be the key to the game. You know, are they able to do that? I'm not not 100 percent sure. You got to love the, the Internet. I mean, just within like 30 seconds, I was able to find uh, Derrick Henry's uh, statistics against the Steelers. Uh, in two games, he's rushed 27 times for 107 yards and scored what one touchdown in two games, averaging about four yards a carry, ran it about 13, 14 times uh, on average in those games. So to your point, Neil, they have done a very solid job against Derrick Henry. But to your point, in selling out to stop the run, that sets up another very interesting matchup. And I think that's JPJ versus Hopkins. Uh, I think you're going to see a lot of situations in a game like this, particularly with Levis and his ability to throw the deep ball and, and, and really giving him an easy read on a one-on-one matchup to the boundary. Uh, I think you're going to see several attempts and several shots uh, for Tennessee to get uh, Hopkins matched up against JPJ to try to take advantage of that, to try to get up on the Steelers early put the Steelers in a bad position because of their offense and a compromised quarterback. How do you think that matchup turns out um, JPJ versus Hopkins? I think Hopkins numbers this season uh, took a pretty dramatic uh, jump forward this past game. And I'm telling you, if you watch that game, I don't know what Atlanta was doing, but they were caught in, in busted coverage multiple times. And I'm, I'm not trying to, to denigrate, DeAndre Hopkins, the first ballot Hall of Fame player that, that's uh, you know on the tail end of his career, um, but it really he's had two big year, two big games at this point. He caught four of six for one twenty eight with three touchdowns against Atlanta, and Atlanta just seemed to forget that he was running routes for a lot of this game. Uh, beyond that, he he lit up Indianapolis in a loss, pretty good. Otherwise, he's he's a big play guy that they don't throw the ball to a whole lot. He's getting those opportunities. He does with it what he does. You know, every team's got a got a receiver like that nowadays. You know, it, it's it's a question of how effective they can be getting him the ball consistently. And you know, I didn't even I, I didn't even see this. He didn't even have a touchdown until last week. So it, it's this isn't a good offensive team. He is a dangerous deep player though and more than his physical abilities which are diminishing you can see it um, he's great tracking the ball in the air he's great on 50 50 opportunities those are the kinds of things you need to worry about with a player like that and the best way to eliminate that is to get to the quarterback so if you want to take hopkins out of the game you need to get after levis and you need to contain him he's a runner um, I, i'd be willing to bet he's going to run for more than 10 times in this game just because that's been his game um, up until Atlanta just, you know, let everyone run free for whatever reason. Um, if, if they're able to contain Levis, get to Levis, um, you know, a couple chin strap hits, I don't think he's going to be very effective. And with that, Hopkins will will go with it. Receiver can't do much if the quarterback is not capable of doing it. Uh, what does Zico Bell say? Team. 
What did Dick LeBeau say? You can't complete a pass on your back. Did Dick LeBeau say yeah. that? Uh, yeah. Probably at yeah. some point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, quarterback. And that that sets up an interesting matchup of uh, Highsmith versus uh, young player. Uh, not a young player, but just, just inexperienced player, I should say. Nicholas Petit-Ferrer, who's starting at, at tackle uh, for uh, the Titans from uh, St. Lucie, Florida. Uh, very inexperienced player, um, Ohio State guy, third round pick. Um, not the best guy. A guy that I think, you know, if you if you're looking at a matchup that the Steelers can really take advantage of, I think it would be High Smith in that matchup, particularly in a short week. Maybe you throw some te stuff or some stunts or something. I don't know if I would say exotic, but maybe you you challenge his intellect. Uh, in terms of prep in a week by showing him some pressure looks that maybe he may have not seen on film in a short week of prep. Let's transition really quickly before we get into predictions to, I don't know if it's the more intriguing side of the ball. Give me your thoughts on this Steeler offense against the Titans defense and the man Jeffrey Simmons. Do I have to? Yes, you do. (laughs) Jeffrey Simmons if you put his performances against the Steelers throughout his entire career, he's a first ballot hall of famer. This guy's destroyed us at, uh, multiple times. He's a really, really good player. I don't want to take anything away from him. Uh, he's a beast. He's not a winnable one-on-one matchup for the Steelers offensive line. Uh, certainly not with, um, you know, in situations in which you're going to have him locked up on Mason Cole uh, whatever it is that they're going to do. Cole continues to have a, a, a season um, beyond a train wreck and ensure uh, he will not be back next year. We've, we've seen that uh, through several weeks now. This is not a beneficial matchup for him or for the Steelers' interior offensive line. Um, excellent player, very quick, very aggressive. Uh, a lot of fun to watch if you're into that kind of stuff. He's a great veteran defensive lineman. I can only suspect, like every other team the Steelers have played this year, they will shut down the Steelers' running game, and this is going to come down to the amount of third downs that they are in and the amount of them that they can end up completing, which won't be good. I mean, if if, if anything, honestly, the Steelers stay on script pretty consistently. It's just that script doesn't end well for them at all. They're going to get three scoring drives, probably two field goals, They'll put it together at some point and have a touchdown drive, uh, and they're going to be punting after three plays uh, pretty frequently. I, I would expect probably the same thing to happen. I don't really have any reason to think that it won't. Uh, Simmons is one part of that. Uh, excellent player. There are good defensive linemen that they've gone up to, uh, gone up against this year. Um, you know, they, they they may have you know won a little bit here and there, but by and large, uh, Simmons is a game wrecker. And you're you're going to see him. You're going to hear his name. I bet pretty early and pretty often. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting matchup. I mean, short week of prep, uh, two rookie quarterbacks. This is going, in my opinion, it, it is going to be uh, a, a pretty ugly uh, offensive game. And we got Coach Corey Hatcher. Hey, Coach C, give us a quick update on the uh, 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 on the Ohio State uh, tackle. Petit, I, I know I'm hacking up his name, Petit Ferrer. Um, give us a quick uh, blurb in the chat on him as a player and how do you think he'll match up 
uh, in the matchup against Highsmith. Mark Sloss, Canada's an offensive choreographer. One, two, three, punt. One, two, three, punt. That's a great one. That 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 tends to be well. To be accurate, Mark, you have to put one, two, three, punt. One, two, three, punt. One, two, three, punt. And one, two, three, punt. You'd have to do it four times in a row if it were going to mirror last game against, uh, you know, the Jacksonville Jaguars. But really quickly, before we get into our, our predictions, um, I want to jump into, there was a comment in here that I want to jump to. Here it is. Uh, well, maybe we'll maybe we'll wait and take Mark Sloss's question. Um, I highlighted it. And uh, again, listeners, if you want to check out the program, go to YouTube, do a search for the new standard. Super chats are available. You can contribute to the show as well. Uh, do a search for the new standard and Neil Kulong and Lance Williams. So as we get towards the end of the show, Neil, what's your prediction for this game? Is it pain? Um, I made a promise Uh-oh. after the last... Steelers playing an embarrassingly bad football game and winning just because it's probably the Titans and and nobody else. I made a promise that I would think twice before looking at a matchup between these two teams again, because something just happens in these games. Um, Short week, rookie quarterback. You're getting Cam Hayward back. The Steelers front seven should be in a position to dominate as we were discussing. I think Highsmith's uh, matchup on the other side with the young buck over there doesn't end well for Tennessee. I don't think they're going to be able to protect very well. And with that, this is just me. I have no affiliation to Penn State, to Pitt, or to Kentucky. I I think, honestly, Will Levis is butt cheeks. I wouldn't want that guy on my team for anything. (laughs) So you're going to put him in an NFL game in the middle of the season against a good pass rush? I don't trust that he's able to, to do enough to come out of that. That does not vouch for the Steelers' offense, which you could argue is going to have very similar problems for similar reasons in the end though, short week um, Steelers are a different team in prime time at home. I, I think they're going to win this game, but I, I don't think it's going to be pretty. I I'm going to go Steelers 17. They'll get that second touchdown somehow. Uh, Titans 16. I'm going to shock you guys. And thank you, Corey, uh, for the scout on the young tackle from Ohio state. Good feet, but not sure he has a kick step to match Highsmith's explosion. Way to break it down in a nice, nice, succinct statement, just like a coach would. I'm impressed. I'm impressed with that. Um, I guess VCS. It's a bad bad matchup for him. Highsmith is is the opposite of what he could handle. Highsmith has that second effort, that counter move. He's too young. He's not athletic enough to, to to really come back for that. I think you're going to see Highsmith in the backfield quite a bit. I'm not sure about the color rush. Uh, isn't VC... that funny? That's how negative this has all become. We have absolutely no clue because they probably aren't even bothering to tell you whether they will or not. I, I don't know. Um, maybe it's later. They usually they tend to do them against division opponents. They tend to do them in primetime games. Um, if they're only able to do it twice, what do they got primetime coming up here? Is this the last one? I wouldn't blame uh, them if it was. That's it. I'm not sure. And while you think of that, Corey brought up a good point here. 
about uh, they should flip Watt to work on his side as well. They tend to not do they, that. They don't. But yeah, they're they're they, way they, past that. Yeah, they, uh, they, they tend New to England. Not do that. Sorry, I, I said earlier they they have their Thursday night game this year. They play New England on Thursday night. I didn't realize that. They get two um, Thursdays. Wow, hmm. that is their last scheduled primetime game. But they do have a TBD for the Colts. <laughs> December 17th. They're not putting that game in prime time. Uh, just a hunch. Um, Let me yeah, give you my... Yeah. I, I would bet they won it against New England, and maybe they're waiting. Um, otherwise, I bet they would do it uh, versus Cincinnati. Uh, that, that would be great if they wore the color rush. reception anniversary. Week if they 16. wore the color rush, that would be great. And then New England wore the uh, Steve, the, the Grogan's. That would be awesome. Or the John Hanna's. Uh, that would be awesome. But let me get to my prediction. I'm going to shock you guys with this one. I think this is a crazy-ass game. It's a primetime game. They're coming off of a bad performance. Uh, and, and I think they get a Mike Tomlin performance. When I, when I say that, this will be one of those weird, goofy games where I think they blow Tennessee out. Uh, and, and I think it's going to be one of those games where they choke off the run, particularly with Hayward back. They get after Levis. They get a bunch of turnovers, short field. They get us all juiced and pumped because we dominate on a short week. I think a rookie quarterback on a short week in Pittsburgh, prime time, is a very hard task. I think Levis comes back to earth. I think the Steelers get a bunch of turnovers and win the game. 28 to 13. So yes. hold, hold on, hold on. No field goals and four touchdowns from this team? When is the last time the Steelers scored flat 28 points? Well, let me game? say not I'm going to look that up. Let me go not 28. Uh, let me go 27. I want to mix in. That's a Steelers score. Well, no, I, it isn't. 20 is a Steelers score. I, I want to mix in. is a good game Steelers score. I want to mix in three touchdowns. That would be 21, and yes, two field goals. I'm going to go with 27. 28-14 victory over the Browns in Week 18 in uh, last season. That was the last time they scored 28 points. I'm going to go uh, definitely. I'm going to go 27 to 13. That, that's what I'm about. I think they beat him by double that's, digits. That's a I, I like that. I wanted to go with that. I know that sounds weird, but I wanted to go with that because that's the Steelers. We're not very good offensively, but a lot of good thing ha- good things happen to us in a primetime game on Monday night, or in this case Thursday night. It's the primetime game at home thing that I, yes. I really get kind of stuck on here. And you're playing a rookie quarterback. I'm telling you, it, it, he's. He went in the second round for a reason. Everybody that's really excited about Will Levis right now thought he was a top 10 pick, okay? Clearly, he was nowhere close to that. There's a reason he fell as far as he did. To, to stick him out there in primetime in Pittsburgh against that pass rush, I, you know, I'm, I'm being objective about it. I don't see good things for Will Levis in this game. And if they control it, even the Steelers can accidentally score you know, one more possession than they usually do. And that could be the difference between their typical 15-point game and, you know, tack on an, another extra possession, get a gimme at the end to go up to, to 27. I, I, you know, maybe it's a maybe it's a late 
Elijah Riley out of nowhere interception returned with a minute to go when when Tennessee had the ball driving to to tie. That makes it 27-13. I can see that. I really can, but I'm I'm sticking with the generic. What did I say? 17-16? I'm going with that. Yeah, I'm looking at this picture of Will Leathers flex his guns. Yeah, Will likes his arm, and he likes how he looks. That is for certain. Uh, But let's jump into one quick question and hit it real quick, Neil. And this was a question from Mark Sloss. I want to just jump into this before we get out of here. Uh, Neil and Lance, what do you change in the offseason when this offense doesn't improve? New QB, OCHC. Let me answer it really quickly. The quarterback will stay. The head coach. Okay. Now, I'm not going to answer it that way. What, what, what would do I do? do? What would I do? I would get rid of the OC and the HC. That's what I would do. I would get rid of the OC, the HC, and I would look for a Shanahan guy that's on some staff. Eric B. Enemy, somebody. I would look for an offensive head coach. That's what I would do. I, I would switch. I'm probably in the same line of that. Um, it's a foregone conclusion. The offensive coordinator's gone. In fact, I would have probably told him, look, if you have an opportunity to, to get a job in college uh, come November, December, uh, bowl season, when they're looking for it, just take it. You're not going to be here at the end of the year where there's no way you're coming back. Um, I am 90% sure that conversation has already taken place or it's going to zero chance. Matt Canada comes back and I wouldn't have him back. It's just clearly that's not working. Um, if I were in charge, I would tell Mike Tomlin and this sucks because it, it really, it, to, to do it to a coach who's been there for that long. I, I would say that the way I see this, we need an entirely new coaching staff. I'm not saying everybody, we need to make a lot of changes. Are you okay with that? Which is to say, we're doing this. If you want to still be the head coach, you need to get on board with it. And you're not going to have the final say over who the coaches are going to be. He might walk. You know that That's how Mike Munchak got fired in Tennessee. Uh, they wanted him to make a bunch of staffing changes. He said, nah, I'm good. You know, In other words, I don't want to be the head coach that badly. If you're not going to let me cook the dinner the way I want to cook it, I'm not going to do it at all. I wouldn't blame Tomlin for saying, F you. I've, I've done a lot of things for this franchise. I'd wish him the best. I would not say that I fired him. I would let him determine how he would want to do it. But something needs to change, period. This, think, this is just not working. It's I the think. same shit. This is a 16-point-a-game a offense in an offensive era of football. Do you realize that? 16 yes. points a game was terrible when all they did was run the ball and play defense. That was bad then. You're supposed to be able to throw the ball, and they can't. Getting to the quarterback, I'm nobody should be sold on the quarterback. Nobody. There's nothing objective watching Kenny Pickett. A new coordinator is not going to come in and save Kenny Pickett, okay? Did you see the slant that he missed to Deontay Johnson? The play was designed to him. How did he miss it? He didn't see him breaking. How do you miss that? The, play, it, it, the ball is supposed to go to one place. And Deontay Johnson is one of the best route runners in the NFL. That ball is going to come right there to that spot. Pickett is behind on it, meaning he didn't see it. Then he missed the throw. Why do you think Johnson was so pissed? Johnson hasn't scored a touchdown in like three years. Part of it is because he doesn't have a quarterback that can throw. Pickett can't see the field. He's not seeing the field. I'm not saying that it's a lost cause, but I'm pretty close to that point. 
I'm not at all sold that they have a quarterback either. So my question kind of comes down to a, a new head coach is going to really, <clears throat> we take a breath and say this for me, the coordinator doesn't matter anymore because this is an entire reclamation project. What you need is a coach, the head coach, the leader of it, because the only thing the Steelers have to sell a high level coach is the brand is the job security. You need to find somebody that knows how to play football in today's game. And you need to offer them the head coaching job. I don't give a rat's ass what color they are. I don't care how old they are. I don't care anything about the past for the Steelers. You need somebody that can call this game now today. They're going to need to run the offense because there's no way in hell you are getting a good coordinator to come in here and, and coach this offense. No way. Who would do that? Maybe me. If they offered me $40 an hour, I might do it. But that's it. Nobody that has aspirations of doing more than being a coordinator is going to take this job because it's a dumpster fire. You don't have a quarterback. You're not going to draft late, or draft early enough to get one, and this is a good quarterback class. You can't give up a whole lot. You're close enough to the cap where you're not really going to be able to make a whole lot of investment, and you need a complete overhaul. It's not a good time to be a coordinator for the Steelers. <laughs> Just ask Matt Canada. It's not working out all that great. It's not all on him. A lot of it is personnel. The players are not very good. I don't care what anybody says. Your quarterback is not able to be successful consistently in the NFL, and we've seen him often enough now. I can't risk this for a third year. I'm just, I'm not going to. If Tomlin can't get on board with those kinds of changes, and I am not willing to pay a coordinator well over market to come in and fix this offense, probably independent of Tomlin, I, I don't know what we're doing here. That's really what it comes down to for me. Because of that, I, I need a head coach that can take more of an offensive direction uh, and be involved with that because we're going to need to find somebody that can bring a coordinator in to help implement a new offense and probably a bunch of new personnel over the next two years. I mean, there you have it. I mean, I can't add anything else to that other than, uh, hey, I, 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 I agree wholeheartedly. It's taken me a long time to get there, but I am clearly there. And with that, and, and let me give you your props, Neil, here from Chris. Good diagnosis. Uh, and let me get out of here. And let's get out of here. Uh, yeah. Well, let's go back before we get out of here. Yeah, Mark. Great point, Mark. Noel resigned. Many when, coaches do. Yeah. We don't hear yeah. about it. When, when you hear resignation, it's usually that the team is giving the coach respect. They're not firing him as much as the coach is quitting because the coach doesn't want to do things the way the team does. It happens. Tomlin has been in that seat for a long time. Amazon would pay him $25 million a year to be a studio guy. And I'd listen every single day. Nobody is more entertaining to listen to than Mike Tomlin. What do you get him away from? Uh, the the necessities of the job. He's perfect for the studio. If he wants money, that's what he would do. He's a ball coach. He, he That's his personality. That's who he is. I don't think he would leave willingly. But if they give him the ultimatum, and to be honest, I'm 50-50 on whether that happens. I, I would not surprise me at this point if that's what happened. Um, I also think, though, that he'd get hired in 30 seconds, and he would have success with another team. He's a good coach. It's not about being a bad coach or a good coach. He is a good coach. 
it just isn't working here anymore. Not everything works for everybody. Sometimes you just need a different mix of everything. And the Steelers have changed a lot of things recently. They have their first assistant GM. They changed over their GM, who was in his job for 23 years or something like that. Um, they, they've, they've traded up in the draft to acquire capital. They've traded for marquee players. They've given out a bunch of contracts. They've tried this. It's not a lack of effort. I know everyone thinks that he's stupid and all that bullshit. He's not dumb. It just isn't working anymore. And they need a different voice, in my opinion. That That's where I sit today. Let's see how it ends. But overall, it wouldn't surprise me if he was done. And that I, I would probably say, if we're going to go in a different direction, I'm going to kind of isolate you from these things. We need new voices in here because you need to change what you're doing. I want you to stay here, but it has to be like this. If you don't, I get it. Best of luck to you. You know, I, I, I'll i leave you alone. However you want to handle this, I'll handle it. That's how much I respect you. But it, it, it's just time for the franchise to move on. Absolutely. And with that, we're going to go ahead and conclude the show. Neil, both Neil and I are picking the Steelers, which is always bad news. <laughs> so, so the game will be very interesting tomorrow. But with that, we're going to get out of here. And as always, tune in. Tell a friend and subscribe. Go Steelers.